Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Where here we are again, connecting the dots between the awesome Lordship of Jesus and practical everyday life. And, you know, we've been in a series here at Living Stones that I've really been excited about. And I, yeah. I think we've been getting a lot of other excitement from other people. A lot you know? of good uh, feedback, right. People, people love this series. I think because it's not the theoretical or even purely theological, though it's rooted in the Bible, but we're talking about core values. We're talking about like real life stuff, how you live, how you operate, what the, what the culture is like. Right. And our premise is basically this. If you have a healthy culture, you're going to grow great things. I mean, you're going yeah. to see life transformation. You're going to see great relationships, and you're going to see a lot of good things. If you have a bad culture, a toxic culture, uh, you're going to produce a lot of yucky stuff. And, you know, I think we've been around, both of us, long enough in a variety of settings, whether it's work setting, church setting, home setting, we've experienced the yucky, yeah. and we've experienced the blessing of health, healthy culture. Right. And I don't know about you, I vote for... I vote for healthy culture. Absolutely. And healthy culture doesn't come by accident. No. Okay. Uh, so many good things in life are it has to be intentional. Yep. So to build healthy culture, to make sure that this this culture we live in, this health we live in is continuous as we continue to grow, especially, we have to clarify what our values are and yep. we have to enforce it. We have to uh, 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 we have to, what's the term? We have to make sure that things that don't conform to our values right. gets communicated and say, hey, that's not who we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's that like pruning that takes place. Yeah. And I, and I just want to say, you know, if you're a leader or you're a pastor that's watching, I can't think of anything that is more critical as a senior leader than being uh, what some have called a cultural architect. Yeah. In other words, just like you have to plan a building and you you need to know where things are, you know, support walls, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. When you're building uh, a church, the culture is absolutely critical. And there's only one person uh, at the end of the day that needs to be making sure that culture is healthy primarily, and that's the senior leader. I mean, that's, that's just like one of your main jobs is to make sure that you're creating an atmosphere in that place where the Holy Spirit is honored yeah. and where good things are happening. Now, obviously, it can't just be me alone. You're a senior leader as well in this house. You have to embrace it. Sure. But then the whole goal of the series is our core values need to spread through the entire church. I mean, yeah. everybody, our children, um, everybody. In fact, I, I got a, a text message this week where one of the children was listening to the message on Sunday and they connected the dots between something that I said and one of our values. And I just smiled because I thought, that's that's when you know you're successful, yeah. when the senior leader all the way down to the children are all singing off the same song sheet. Absolutely. And uh, and that's when good stuff starts to happen. So our, our culture is really strong now. And that's why we're reemphasizing some of these things because we had yeah. such an influx of new people. Um, but I want to talk today, and we want to talk today, about one of my favorite core values here at Living Stones, and that's this idea of covenant relationships, relationships that last forever. Yeah. Now, what that's a kind of a catchy little title, but I want to I want to probe you, Pastor Andrew. <laughs> sure. All right. What is this when we say covenant relationships, relationships that last forever? Is that yeah. just a cute little title? Or do or what do we mean by that? Relationships that last oh, we forever? We absolutely take it seriously. I mean, the way I think about it is in terms of investment, okay? Do I want to invest in something that's going to just eventually die and go away? Right. You know, you talk about uh, what are the great investments? People invest in gold, people invest in land. Why? Because these are actual assets that will last quite a long time, right? You know, right. They retain their value. Yeah, you, they retain their value, right? Purchasing a car is not an investment because as... 
yeah. as useless as hard as. You're not going to have it forever. If you're not going to have it, it's going to eventually get a new one. Yeah. So if we could, what do we value? Well, it's it's a good investment. It's wisdom to value something that actually lasts literally forever. Yeah. So we so we are believing that healthy relationships in the church yeah. should be multi generational. Mm -hmm. They should be multi ethnic. I mean, these these are relationships that transcend all the barriers. Uh, and that you know, I shared Sunday it was an invitation. Let's grow old together. Yeah. But there's something even deeper here because it's not just let's grow old on this life. I mean, right. you and I might be able to enjoy 30, 40, 50, 60 years maybe of relationship, but then we're going to die. But the good news is we're born again. We love Jesus. Our relationships are going to continue on yeah. the other side. And, and it, what it does is it, I think that perspective says, you know what? If we're going to be brothers forever because of Jesus, yeah. we should be able to get our act together now and in spite of our failures, inadequacies, differences, I should be able to love you in Christ, and you should be able to love me, and we should be able to enjoy a relationship for a long, long time this side of eternity. Absolutely. Because we are going to live together forever on the other side. Absolutely. And, and that to me says, like, this is a this is a testing ground. You know, we like this is where we get to practice getting it right. right. And so we highlighted some things on Sunday that I, I just you know, five components of what these covenant relationships look like. Right. And, and so let's unpackage that a little bit. Yeah, we want to make it practical. We're not just saying, okay, we're going to value relationship. Well, what does that mean? So we, we you pinpoint five specific things that I think form the boundary of what right. a covenant relationship should be. And the so, first one was foundational. So talk about that a little bit. I mean, I love, I love that you put that one first. It's founded in grace and forgiveness. Grace Forgive, and forgiveness. forgiveness. Yeah. And I would venture to say in any relationship, if you have forgiveness right, yeah. uh, you're on solid ground. Yes. Because and if you in any relationship, if you don't have forgiveness, right, you're on shaky ground. I don't care how yeah. how great interest you have, you have great communication skills. If you don't have a foundation of forgiveness, forgiving each other. I mean, I think about marriages. Oh, yeah. the, the relationship that's going to be supposed to be lasting, right? It's a covenant. Covenant, right? And and you're going to have conflicts, and you, you go through the honeymoon period, and then you go through a time of conflict. Yep. You have to have forgiveness. I I think I ask my wife for forgiveness three or four times a day in those you know in those seasons. Good for you. I'm yeah. proud, I'm proud so, of you. That's that's modeling good kingdom behavior. Yeah, but because what, we need it. We need it. And and what happens is we learn from those it, it, because of that solid foundation of forgiveness, we can continue to move on and on. And I don't have to ask as many. Forgiveness anymore because I'm not making as many mistakes. I still so, do. But. Just our relationship. Right. I've known you for many years. Love you. You love me. But we all have our quirks, our our, our failures, our yeah. selfishness. We're all, we're all on a journey. So for me to assume that we're going to have a healthy relationship yeah. just because we go to the same church is really silly. And if you go to a church and you assume, well, no one no one here is going to ever offend me or ever going to step on my toes or hurt my feelings. Come on, what world are you living in? Right. Uh, we live in a broken world. And in church, it doesn't mean we're, we're not broken. It means we're in the process of healing. We're like yeah. intentional about it. So we have got to make sure that we don't have a throwaway uh, mentality about relationships in church. And unfortunately, I just want to say, Many times we do. We treat relationships like they're not valuable. We don't act like covenant. Like with your wife, when we say it's a covenant, you don't have the option just to say to Debbie, well, I'm going to quit loving you. I'm going to quit forgiving yeah. you. I'm going to give up on the I'm relationship. I'm tuning out. I'm done. Yeah. You, yeah. Made a, you made a covenant. No. That's what these rings remind That's us of. Right. This, and it's a lifetime covenant right. to love her. Well, what we're saying is in the local church, we need to have 
a covenant mentality as it relates to a relationship. I'm not going to throw away our relationship just because we might disagree or I might be rude or say something stupid sometime. I need to be able to come to you and say, Andrew, please forgive me. And you need to be able to say, Pastor Ron, I'm going to forgive you because we're in a covenant relationship. I'm going to love you through thick and thin, your good times, your bad times, because my confidence is that Christ in you is going to continue to change you and change me in the process. And I, I think forgiveness is so important, and humility and tied into that. Sometimes, you know, I've seen relationships and conflict in which, you know, obviously no one's perfect and there's always flaw, but there's so many circumstances in which both parties are not intentional in trying to hurt other people. Right. It might just be a miscommunication. Right. It might be just an emotional interpretation or the devil come in, twist the lines and whatnot. Yeah. And what I found in those situations, when you humble yourself and you ask for forgiveness, even though in your own heart you realize your heart was clean, you weren't even trying to hurt the other person, but when you ask for forgiveness it, it, it just it, it cleans out all the garbage yes. and it, it makes a relationship stronger than ever i've seen that happen over and over again yeah. in the church because there will be opposition there will be miscommunication that's why again the foundation of forgiveness has to be so important in every relationship yeah and jesus said it this way you know he's talking about releasing the fullness of the kingdom but he said yeah. uh, freely you receive freely you now give yeah i think certainly that includes the freely receiving of his grace, of his forgiveness. And now he says, you know what? Since you've received, make sure you give it away. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. we reminded everybody on Sunday, hey, you know, at, at Living Stones, we're not going to be petty, murmuring. We, we're not allowed to hold unforgiveness. We're not allowed to hold a bitterness, mm-hmm. uh, period. It's not acceptable, not acceptable. Now we ought to work through things and we, we you know, yeah. c- certain times horrible things happen. Uh, but but we just have to keep in our mind that if we're going to function in healthy relationships, that that is just not an option. I am going to choose to to not be offended, um, and I'm not going to let things um, you know fester in my heart over time because it will poison me and it will poison our relationship and yeah. it it will poison the body of Christ. Yeah, and to me, my my life experience has taught me that one of the key signs of spiritual maturity is not how well you can preach, how big an organization you lead, how well That's you're so raising true. funds social media presence, whatever it yep. is, is actually your ability to not be offended and your ability to forgive deep hurts and deep yeah. wounds and really truly surrender or let that go because that is difficult. Yeah. That is difficult. Yeah, Absolutely. So yeah. so that was the first point, and, and I think it's so good. Let's choose to forgive people. Let's choose to get, keep our hearts free uh, because, you know what, if you pass that test... Mm-hmm. God has blessing on the other side. And so that was point number one. What was point number two? Point number two is crown each other with honor. The idea of honor. Crowning. Crowning them with honor. You know, it's interesting because I feel like in our culture today, there's very little emphasis on honor. Honor almost things like an old school, old fashioned, like chivalry's dead. The idea of honoring people. Honoring authority. Honoring authority. Open the door for someone. People think like, I don't need you to open the door for me. I can do it myself. Um, But the idea of honor is really crowning Position someone else in the place of of of, of honor, of uh, so that you can receive from them. Yeah. Um, highly value valuing yeah. somebody. That was the key point we brought out. You know, when I honor you with my words, mm-hmm. um, uh, with my life, with my with my heart, with, with in physical ways, I like I can, I'm concerned about what your needs are. How can I meet your needs? Uh, yeah. Hell, you need some money, or yeah. what can I do to help? Uh, that adds value to you. Yeah. It doesn't make you more valuable because you're already priceless, right? Mm-hmm. You're made in the image and likeness of God. But what it does is I'm saying I value you. I honor you. I esteem you. I appreciate you. And that 
I don't know about you, but I need that. <laughs> and I think we all need that. When, I, when I'm feeling valued and loved and people care about me, every aspect of my life gets supersized. It yeah. gets enhanced. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better dad. When my kids honor me, I'm a better dad. Yeah. When my wife honors oh, me, I'm a better husband. Absolutely. You know, honor is one of those things that the more you give, it's one of those things that when you give, both sides win. Yes. You know, and we're, we live sometimes in the economy of if I give you more, then I have less. Right. Honor is not one of those things. And if you're insecure and you're narcissistic and you're self-focused, you get irritated when other people are receiving honor because yeah. you always say, well, what about me? And the beauty of honor is if I'll give it away, I'll receive it. Absolutely. Now, you don't do it for that reason. It's not a selfish thing. It, but, but when I'm an honorable person, honor ricochets back into right. my life. If I focus on me and I'm petty and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to stand and clap for right. Pastor Andrew or I'm not going to appreciate him. I'm going to say, oh, yeah, but he does Yeah, he does that well, but, and I'm going to look to pull you down or attack you or poke at your weaknesses. That just shows that I need some healing. You know, I, I need to get my own heart healed Yeah, because uh, I'm too small. I need to honor enlarges your heart. That's good. Uh, and it attracts honor back. No, I love it because honor, like you, you think about Jesus. He says, you know, when he, when he went to his own hometown, he was not honor, and he couldn't do many miracles. Yes. And the dishonor that those people uh, shown to Jesus did not really devalue Jesus himself. I mean, Jesus couldn't be devalued. He's still Christ. He was still the Son of God. He's still the Son of God. He's still, yeah. he, he's who he is, okay? But what it did is is it, it diminished the amount that those people could, could receive from Jesus. So they hurt themselves by not honoring the one who we should have all the honor in the world. That's you good. Know? So he, he didn't change. Jesus didn't stop being no. Jesus. But their ability to get all that he had was contingent upon their ability to simply recognize his greatness. Right submit to his greatness, honor and cherish who he was. Yeah. That's a powerful teaching because they, they were impoverished. And I think in, you know, in our culture, in church cultures, many church cultures are impoverished because it's not a culture of honor. Around here, we celebrate people. Yeah. We look for people every Sunday. Thank you for what you do. Hey, I so appreciate it. Hey, great, great job you know, preaching last Sunday. Um, I, hey, that class you teach is so amazing. I'm, I'm getting transformed. Thank you. Uh, hey, appreciate the phone call that you gave. I, whatever it is, thank you guys for being a part of our worship team or yeah. the parking lot team. Man, when you're in a culture where everybody is majoring on honor, good things happen. Absolutely. I mean, you love to be around those people. Absolutely. So we are, we're going to forgive. We're going to move in grace. We're going to honor people. What are what's some other things? The next one is loyalty. Uh, now, loyalty is interesting because in our culture today, loyalty also could be seen as a potentially negative thing. Like... Uh, blind loyalty, or or you're being used by people. Right. You're just a yes man. You're just a yes man, or yeah. You don't think for yourself, right. or whatever. Right. But loyalty is actually uh, uh, highly emphasized in the scripture. The importance of loyalty. Uh, we actually use in our church, in you know, part of our leadership process, read a book called Loyalty. You yeah. know. Yeah. And that really opened the minds for many people to really take back loyalty. Why does God honor loyalty? Right. We almost pride ourselves in America in being a rebel. Yeah. Free exactly. free thinker. Um, you know, all of those things. No one's going to tell me what to do. Um, uh, I'm an independent. I'm always going to share my opinion uh, no matter what. And if you don't like it, tough, you know. Or, or people go to a church and they say, oh, I love this place. And as you pointed out, you know, love is never really demonstrated. Or loyalty is not really demonstrated until there's an opportunity for disagreement. Yeah. You know, it's easy to be loyal when everything's going right. That's why the Bible says that a true friend is born in adversity. Yeah. 
adversity uh, exposes what's really in our heart. And so loyalty, on the one hand, we can't demand loyalty. We can't say, hey, if you're going to be at Living Stones, we demand that you're loyal. But we aspire to creating a loyal culture Absolutely. where people willingly and freely out of the affection and faith. You know, I, I, I give you my loyalty because I love you, because I believe in you, and because I trust you. And because all those things are true, our friendship is bonded by loyalty. Yeah. I'm going to believe the best about you. I'm going to value being around you. Uh, you're a valuable part of the team. I couldn't think of doing ministry without you. All that comes out of a heart of loyalty because of the love and because of the faith. That's, oh, that's, that's part of that. Unswer we, call, we call it unswerving allegiance. Uh, you know that we're on the we're on a mission together, and as we're pursuing Jesus, we demonstrate covenant loyalty toward Absolutely. one Absolutely, and I love how you describe loyalty. Loyalty is not that you don't ever disagree. You do yeah. disagree sometimes. Loyalty is how you disagree. You disagree in a loyal way. You disagree in an honorable way. Tender, yeah, loving. Like yeah. so. So we're not saying if you disagree with Pastor Ron, you have to leave the church because you're disloyal to the Lord or something. You know, we talked about toxic church cultures. Yeah. We value honest feedback. In fact, that's part of a healthy relationship. Yeah. But like you said, I'm not gonna. If we disagree, I'm not gonna be like Andrew, you jerk. You know, you disloyal. You know, yeah. person. You know, no, no. I'm gonna come to you with tenderness because I love you, and I'm gonna come honestly. I'm gonna be transparent. I'm gonna be humble. And then the other thing we said was uh, these these. Uh, discussions take place in private, yeah. not in public. Right. So uh, if I have a major disagreement with you on a major church decision, I'm not going to pretend I'm with you, and then one day in church, when I'm preaching, go out and be like, oh, by the way, that move we made in front of the whole church, yeah, yeah. throw you under the Pastor bus. Pastor Ron was out and left Yeah, field. I don't know what he's talking about there. I wanted to. No. No. They don't need to know. I'll come to you personally, and we'll have a discussion. Yeah. You know, all that's so important, you know? Yes. So. Yeah, and in and, and our cancel culture today, that is the antithesis of loyalty. In other words, it says, if you don't agree with the, the narrative, mm -hmm. I'm going to attack you and destroy you. I'm going to limit your options. You're going to be fired from your job. We're going to go after your, you know, your, uh, your reputation. That is the opposite of kingdom culture where we cover one another's sins, where we bear with one another's weaknesses, yeah. where we remain loyal, not just when we're on our, at the top of our game, but what about when we're struggling and you know, we're, at, we're really going through a rough season? Those are the people you want around you, loyal people who right. say, you know what, I'm going to stay with, with Pastor Andrew even when I know this isn't his best day. You know, I know he's really struggling. I know he's going through the, the time of his life here, struggling with this issue, but I'm going to stay with him. Right. I'm going to be committed to them. Well, that's good. Boy, people like that are precious. Absolutely. Uh, lifelong friends. So. That's good. Amen. And then the next part is in integrity, guarded by integrity. And I love how you phrase integrity is when you're someone who's in, who has integrity, you don't have to watch your back. Right. And, and why is that so important in our day and age today? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Even integrity. So there are some people who are Pharisees in terms of, I'm going to follow the letter of the law. I'm going to do what the contract said. But if situations change and you're going to be a major loser i'm going to make sure i follow the the law but i'm going to win and i'm sorry if you lose you know yeah, that's not yeah. covenant covenant says i care about you like i care about myself mm -hmm. and if i were in your shoes what would i want someone to do for me or if i needed mercy or if i needed to renegotiate something or, or if i'm looking you know something changed here and i and everything is upside down now and i'm going to be a major loser if you're my brother in christ why do I want you to lose? Yeah, 
I want you to win. And even if I have to do something to my own hurt, integrity says, because that word integrity means wholeness. Mm. I want our relationship to be marked by wholeness. In other words, I want to be a safe person for you. That's good. I want you to be able, if if we're doing business together, I want you to know we're both going to win. I'm going to follow through. If we're friends, I want you to know Pastor Ron's not going to throw me under the bus. He's a safe place. I, I can share my heart with him, and I know it's not going to be on the podcast uh, for the whole world to hear. <laughs> right. You know that that, that right. there's a safety there because you know that the person's looking out for you, yeah. not just for themselves. And so many people, you know, the, the Apostle Paul said in, in one of his letters, he said, you know, the thing I love uh, about Timothy is he cares about. The, the, the needs of the church. He cares about the needs of the people. He cares about the Lord, and he cares about me. He doesn't just live for his own selfish interest. And so many people are, are in it for themselves. Absolutely. And, and like you said, in our, in our cancel culture, in our culture of such adversity and attacks, you know, it's hard to move forward in life and, and advancing the kingdom of God when you don't have people looking looking out for your back. Yeah. If I have to look over my shoulder every time, I say something, do something, acts can, could never let my guard down. It's hard to advance anything. Right. right? So. Absolutely. So, so I want to just say, in your local church, there should be a group of people, and you have them. I have them. In fact, at Living Stones, I have many, many people that I feel like if I'm in a really bad situation or have great need, I could sit down and say, "Hey, guys, can I share?" where I'm at. And I know they would love me. I know their loyalty. I know that they believe in me. I know they have integrity. uh, And I I know that they honor me. So in that environment of covenant, uh, they'll stand with me through thick and thin. And and we, like you said, we all need people like that. Sure. sure. And then lastly, we talked about faithfulness. (laughs) Faithfulness. Faithfulness it can only be proven with time. You know, faith is something that's in the present. You know, I have faith that such and such, the Lord's going to work or that this situation is going to work out okay or whatever. But faithfulness means you have demonstrated faith over the long haul. And, uh, and in covenant relationships, you know, our model for faithfulness is God himself. He said in Hebrews, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. What a great promise. It means we never have to wonder whether God will be faithful to us. Jesus said uh, in the Great Commission, he said, I will be with you even until the end of the age. He's never going to quit on us. Uh, And so the, the Trinity is the gold standard for what faithfulness looks like. One of the phrases in the Bible over and over again is unfailing love. Isn't that a beautiful picture? God's love for us never runs out. It never fails. He's always fully invested in us and in our development. He'll never leave you. He'll never quit on you. Now, how does that translate into your relationship with me and my relationship with you? Can I really say, Andrew, I'll love you to the end, I'll never quit on you. Um, I'm committed to your success from now to the end of the journey. Yeah. When you have people in your life that can say that with integrity and mean it and then live that out, you're a rich man. Oh, absolutely. You are a rich, rich man. I, I think in our microwave culture, we have lost our uh, aspiration to faithfulness. Faithfulness is not a sure. sexy turn in our That's, culture today. Yeah. Is not something that will young people be like, I long to be a faithful person. Right. I want to be known as a faithful person. It just, it's not in our culture. No, you're right. 
But the Bible, the, God talks about faithfulness over and over again because faithfulness takes time. It's not microwave. It's a rotisserie chicken. You got to wait long over and over. You got to go through file and trials, testing. And again, I'm, I'm saying that the problem is when we don't aspire to it, when we don't have a vision for it, when obstacles and difficulties come, we give up. Yeah. Because because when you have a vision, and when someone teaches you and tells you, you need to be faithful in the midst of the first test, you're thinking, of course this test is going to come. That's how I prove myself faithful. That preparation takes us to the place of faithfulness. So it's kind of become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think we need to emphasize in the church the importance of faithfulness in marriages and friendship, in our churches, in our faithfulness to God, in and our culture today. And that's why we're articulating these values because yeah. what we're basically saying is in this culture, this is what we value. And you brought this out uh, on, on your message a few weeks ago. You said um, that the reason we talk about these things is because we want to make sure this is how we, we determine our behavior. This is the grid through which we determine how we're going to act. So if faithfulness is is part of that grid, then I'm going to ask this question. You know what? Am I quitting too soon on this situation? Yeah. Am I giving up? Am I demonstrating faith yeah. in the relationship? And, and I just want to say this. You know, I've been around long enough in, in with relationships, especially in church. Uh, it amazes me that some people, you'll have 10, 20, 30 years of great relationship. And of course, the, the Bible says, you know, offenses come every day. You know, I mean, we shouldn't be shocked when we have the opportunity to be offended, right? Because we live in a broken world. But here's where faithfulness comes in. Faithfulness says, you know what? You did something to offend me. I'm hurt. I recognize my hurt, and then I recognize my responsibility to forgive and to move in grace. And then I have a perspective, like you said, where I'm going to value faithfulness. And so I'm going to look back and go, you know what? I've known Andrew for 20 years. I'm looking at 20 years of history, and I go, wow, what a blessing. Mm. He's blessed me so many times. But, you know, when the offense comes, the offense is so big that you forget about the 20 years of yeah. blessing. And I've seen people literally flush relationships down the toilet with their brothers and sisters in Christ. Sometimes people who would not even sit down, like if I knew you were offended, I would say, Andrew, can we please meet? Let's talk face to face. Let's agree that we still might disagree on, on how we see things, but let's agree to move in forgiveness. And let's agree that this relationship is more valuable than necessarily our agreement about everything. Like, I value you, I love you, I value our friendship more than I value having to be right. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to work that thing out and hammer that out and make sure our hearts are clean. But I've seen this over and over again. People will flush relationships down the proverbial toilet uh, and quit on people because they value being right or they value position or they value uh, their own ego or their own uh, pride more than they value the relationship. And, and what we're saying is that should never happen. The church should be marked by multi-decade relationships. I mean, our invitation, I'm looking at you. I, I knew you before you were married. I knew you before you have three beautiful children. Part of the joy in my life has been watching you grow, mm -hmm. watching you mature, watching your marriage come together, watching these babies come along, now watching those children grow. You know, we're going to grow old together. Yeah. Now, the Lord might change our assignment. I mean, we're not. this isn't a control issue. Sure. He could send us different directions with our calling. Who knows? I hope he does, and we're not planning on it. But I'm planning on growing old with you. You're, yeah. a, you're a covenant friend of mine. You're a forever friend. And 
that's that should mark our relationships in the body of Christ. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I invited everybody at the end of church. I said, "Hey, what do you say we grow old together?" Um, that's an invitation. To me, it's a privilege. Uh, let's grow old together, and uh, and that's what covenant friendships are about. I want to be able to look back and be surrounded by a an ever growing church family of brothers and sisters who have learned through the ups and downs of life how to keep loving, keep forgiving, keep honoring, keep moving in integrity, keep demonstrating loyalty. And over years, we could say, you know what? Our love has been marked by faithfulness. I've never abandoned you. I've never stabbed you in the back. I've never quit on you. I've never given up on you. I've never thrown you under the bus. Um, I'm going to continue to love you until Jesus comes. And then we get to spend eternity. Amen. So what a cool vision. What a great vision. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm excited about that because at the end of the day, like you and I said, there's nothing that makes a man more rich than the number of covenant friendships that he has in his life. And, uh, and we just want to invite you. If The church is a place where that can happen. And, uh, and if you don't have a church, we'd love for you to come out and be a part of Living Stones and become part of this exciting culture that we have here that's really producing life and transformation in people's hearts. Uh, and it's, I'm just excited what, what God's doing yeah, right and now. If you are attending Living Stones and um, you, know, you come on Sundays, you have a hard time connecting with people on Sunday. And trust us, we get it. Sundays yeah, are... Yeah are difficult to, I mean, you get to connect with people to a certain degree, but not deeply. Of course, our foyers are filled with people talking, so maybe that's not necessarily true. Coffee and bagels yeah. work really great yeah, to I mean, bring we, people together. I looked on Sunday, I was like, oh, we need a bigger foyer. Um, but if, if you're looking for deeper connection or other opportunities for connections, we have so many different ministries. You know, I emphasize the life groups. You know, the purpose of life group is to make those covenant relationship connections. Yeah. And a lot of times in homes, other times in church, in our yeah. church building. But, but that's kind of the purpose of the relational engagement is the number one purpose for life group. But even going to, being part of other ministry, yeah. marriage class, parenting class, you know, renovating UCR, stuff like a youth group, those are all great opportunities to connect people on the smaller level so yeah. we can have that heart connect. We don't want just the big gathering, you come in, sit down, you don't know anyone, and you just go home. Yeah. That's 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 a small dimension of our our the, the blessings we have in Christ. We have so much more the riches in, the, in yeah. the relationships. And I would and appreciate you bringing those practical you know points up. The other thing I would say is this: there are some of you that might be watching, going, "Well, you know, I don't have friends like that, and you know, how come I don't?" You know, and you get into this personal thing where where you feel like people aren't treating you that way. And I just want to say. It, it, if you're looking for great friends, practice these five things yeah. we just talked about. Forgive people, release grace in people's life, be loyal, honor, honor people, yeah. live in integrity, walk in faithfulness, and then get connected. You, you got to get out of your house and you got to start getting into uh, relational context where you can meet people. Relationships take time. Yeah. Uh, but if you'll practice these five things and you'll be committed to covenant relationships, you will die a rich man or a rich woman. You'll be surrounded by incredible friends, not only now in this life, but but forever. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, we want to hear from you, all right? Make sure you interact with us, uh, provide some comments, feedback, and as always, we want you to like it and to share it with other people. Let Help us get the word out about this podcast if you find it helpful. And most importantly, especially as we're talking about these core values, uh, Really be intentional, as Pastor Andrew shared earlier. Be intentional about making this a part of your life, not just when you're at church, but in your business, in your social life, in your marriage, with your children, if you have children or grandchildren. Work at 
letting this become a part of who you are, the culture inside of you. All right. Thanks for tuning in today and listening to this podcast. We hope it's been a blessing. Have an amazing week. We look forward to seeing you later.